0: Shalom Alechem, welcome to The Shmooze. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Marvin Zuckerman and Ruby Elliott Zuckerman. Marvin was born and raised in the Bronx, New York, to working-class Yiddish-speaking immigrants from Poland. Both his parents were active from an early age in the Jewish labor bund in Warsaw and later in New York. He grew up in the Amalgamated Clothing Workers Cooperative Housing Development in the Bronx. Speaking only Yiddish as a child, he attended from the age of five to 15, a daily after-school Yiddish secular socialist-oriented folk school Workman Circle, where he learned to read and write standard Yiddish. He was schooled in Yiddish literature and folk song and in Jewish history and holidays. After earning his university degrees, he became professor of English at Los Angeles Valley College, serving as chair of the English department for 14 years and dean of academic affairs for six years, retiring in 2002. He's published seven books, two of them in English two of them English college textbooks, and five of them in the field of Yiddish, as well as various articles in journals and periodicals. In 2016, Purdue University published his translation of a Yiddish memoir by leading Bundist Bernard Goldstein, titled 20 Years with the Jewish Labor Bund, a memoir of interwar Poland. He's also co-authored Learning Yiddish in Easy Stages, which was published by the Yiddish Book Center. Ruby Elliott Zuckerman is a writer with experience supporting a wide range of institutions and roles ranging from marketing and communications to development. She has a BA in creative writing and studio art from McAllister College, and her fiction writing is represented by Dil Fiore Literary Agency. She was the winner of the 2020 Nick Adams Short Story Contest. Ruby is also, we're proud to say, a Yiddish Book Center alum. And also just to add before we get started, Marvin Zuckerman is featured in the Yiddish Book Center's new core exhibition, Yiddish of Global Culture. His granddaughter Ruby accompanied Marvin for the opening of the center's core exhibition on October 15th, 2023. Welcome back to you both. I wish we were in person though.
1: <laughs> so do I.
2: So do I, yes.
0: <laughs> um, I've been really eager to connect with you both to talk about your connections to Yiddish and the new core exhibition. But I'm going to ask Marvin, if you would start off the conversation by speaking a little bit about your roots and connections to Yiddish.
2: My, my parents were Yiddishists, especially my father. He was a Bundist. He was very active in the garment workers union. So I grew up as sort of union baby and Bundist baby And I went with my parents to Bund meetings where there were speeches in Yiddish. The language at home was Yiddish. All my relatives spoke Yiddish, my uncles and aunts. Uh, And then, of course, uh, but of course, uh, in the street and in public uh, elementary school, uh, I learned English. I don't even remember learning English. I remember speaking Yiddish when I was a little Small before elementary school, Um, so and also the neighborhood was full of Yiddish-speaking people, uh, garment workers, and all kinds of other kinds of uh, workers. Um, So uh, and then, of course, the as it mentioned in the bio, going to the Workman Circle School deepened and uh, strengthened my Yiddish because I learned to read and write Yiddish, and I learned about Yiddish literature. And uh, so um, uh, th- those are basically my uh, my connections uh, with Yiddish yeah, from childhood and on.
0: Yeah. And Ruby, I've long wanted to ask you both how you found your way to participating in our Great Jewish Book Summer Program for high schoolers and then um, what your engagement is with Yiddish.
1: Yeah, um, well... As far as the Great Jewish Books summer program, that's 100% of my grandpa's doing. Um, he really urged me to um, to a- apply to the program. I think t- two year- the first year I didn't listen to him when I was an incoming junior. And the second year I, I couldn't put off um, his request, but um, I really understood it as something I was doing because he wanted me to. Uh, and it wasn't until I got there that um, I realized how much of a genuine interest I had just for myself. So I feel really lucky because um, my interest in Yiddish is—it's uh, inspired by my grandpa, but would exist even if that would exist had I been exposed to it any other way. Um, because so much of the history and the literature just aligns with my academic and um artistic and historical interests beyond my family um so yeah i mean i as far as my involvement with yiddish now um it's not a huge part of my life in an obvious way um i i i've been i worked as an ra for the great jewish books program that i participated in Uh, two summers now and and hope to return. So I enjoy coming back and supporting that program because it really did have a huge impact on my life. Um, But I think now uh, it's more of just an influence on a sensibility, um, especially uh, I have a Judaica company that I run with a couple of friends um, where we, um, I don't know, work on making interesting jewish objects and i think a lot of the things i was exposed to through the yiddish book center inform kind of my work there as far as what i'm drawn to or or attracted to yeah Um, what one concrete example of that is like we released a haggadah and we included yiddish uh yiddish transliteration and yiddish lyrics to some of the traditional passover songs instead of just having hebrew so that's like that's sort of one example of that i
0: i will say ruby that you are not the first granddaughter um kurt leviant um who you, your grandfather probably knows um convinced his granddaughter to come and it's also been really interesting to see the impact and the connection. And I think that that plays out in a lot of different ways. And Marvin, your family story is really a central part of the exhibition section, which we um, talk about becoming modern. And it's under the title of a worker's library. And it features a small representation of Yiddish works found on your family's bookshelf. And if I may share this quote, from you that's also part of this part of the exhibition and then ask you to expand on this a little bit in terms of how it relates to becoming modern. And you quote, and this is your quote, in our one bedroom apartment in the Bronx, we had world literature, George Brandes, Maupassant, Marx, Darwin, Jack London, Tolsky, all in Yiddish. Can you expand on this and say, you know, what your thoughts are about how this relates?
2: yes well i was just talking i was in uh, talking to some uh, an english scholar who is who works on housing public housing and he was asking me about my growing up in the amalgamated co-ops and um, i uh, mentioned to him that i came across a wonderful phrase in one of the Yisker books in, in an english foreword and they use the expression Folk intellectual, and I love that because I always struggled, you know, to hum, how to understand or how to frame it that these working class people who had no formal education. I mean, my father, all his, all he did was go to cheder, you know, when he was a, a, a yingle, a boy, and uh, learned to uh, read and write uh, with uh, read uh, Hebrew. Uh, language of instruction was Yiddish, of course. Uh, and then he was apprenticed to a tailor. So he, he had no schooling. My mother had absolutely no schooling at all, not even Cheda. She learned to read and write from a brother or somehow. Uh, but they were, in a way, folk intellectuals because they were very well read they were great readers and of course the bund also educated the working people there were lectures by writers and 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 public intellectuals and so on so they and they were uh, uh, advanced in their th- in their political thinking and uh, li- in a literary way so um uh, and when i was a boy you know the the how the they had lots of books, not just, and then they had, you know, a lot of Yiddish books. They had the uh, set of Sholem Aleichem, uh, the standard Chet sets of uh, uh, Mendele and Sholem Ash was the full set of Sholem Ash. As a matter of fact, the first novel I read in Yiddish was Motke Ganef. And it was so exciting and so good. Sholem is Motke Ganef, you know, Motke the Thief. So um, anyway... Um, and then I saw all these other books and I looked at them, you know, I was curious, what What are these books? And there was Origin of Species by Darwin, Das Kapital. Uh, Georg Brandes, those were, you know, it was a set of maybe six or more volumes. He was a 19th century Danish literary critic, very important in, in his time. They had the complete set of Georg Brandes' writings in in um, in Yiddish, so Ibsen plays of Ibsen. There were a large number of these, uh, a full set of the writings of Guy de Maupassant uh, and others. You know that uh, can't come to mind at the moment, but it was there was a lot. So they read they read Yiddish literature, and then they read world literature. So they were quite. Cultivated, I would say, and as I said in my video, in some respects more cultivated than a lot of than you know most college American college kids uh, who who don't read that stuff don't know it. So anyway, that's 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 what it's about.
0: Um. It's, it's a great example, and it's wonderful to see um, for our listeners. the this, this section includes what I think it's a 14-inch wide um, bookshelf with a sampling of some of the books in the library. Were you surprised to be approached to be included in the exhibition?
2: Yeah, I, yes, I was. I mean, um, yeah, uh, well, the way it happened, of course, as you know, I'm sure, and maybe we're part of it. Um, um, you know uh, what's her name krista whitney wonderful krista whitney interviewed me like she's interviewed like what 2000 by now or something and um and and in, and when she interviewed me I explained that to her so apparently uh oh come on um what's his name da- no.
0: david mazower yes yeah
2: david mazower uh he he uh, saw that And maybe you and others saw it and decided that it was, should be part of this global culture as an example of Yiddish as a global culture uh, should be part of that. So, yeah. And then he contacted me, wanted a picture, took me a while to find an appropriate photograph. But anyway, yeah, I was surprised and, and, and honored and pleased and happy. And then when of course, I knew that was going to be there. Then I wanted to go, and then Ruby said, "I'll go with your grandpa," and so I couldn't be more pleased about that. And she, uh, she was a great help to me in that trip because you know she, uh, she she'd see me doing the overhead thing, and she said, "I'll do that, grandpa," <laughs> and she the rental car and so on. So, and she was great company. So anyway. Um, uh, yeah, it was a great, great surprise, and it was and it was great to have Ruby there to see her great-grandparents. Yeah.
0: It was pretty special to see the two of you come in and the two of you standing in front of that. Um, I, I'd love to throw this question to both of you. Um, what aspects of the exhibition, either surprised, informed, connected you maybe to people or aspects of Yiddish?
2: Ruby, go. <laughs>
1: um well I don't know it's interesting because I've had a relationship to the book center for like almost 10 years now since and so I've seen a lot of this material in various different ways Um, as like a Steiner student and a great Jewish books student and working for the book center Um, but I think I love I love seeing the book covers a lot. The visual culture around books and uh, the kind of graphic design and the art I'm always really interested and inspired by and having that really highlighted was, um, was something I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and I, I was telling David that it felt like there was um, an approach throughout the curation of really focusing on relationships um like for example in the women writer section there's um like a correspondence uh i'm forgetting exactly who it's between yeah but Luma, um, Luma
0: Lempel and Hava Rosenfarb yeah
1: exactly but um i think inclusions like that and of my great grandparents it feels like there's a real a like a, attempt to evoke the relationships the sort of human touch who these people were, what they cared about, what their values were, uh, and that it's not just um, kind of a series of facts or accomplishments, but more of an attempt to present that kind of cultural texture and what that actually meant in a day to day lived way.
2: <laughs> and Marvin? Oh, what 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 I liked most about the exhibit is that we the-
0: surprised by yeah.
2: Well, um, hmm, yeah. Well, I was very hugely impressed by it. It's an incredible accomplishment. It's, an, it's 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 and it's huge, and it's it's so beautifully done and impressive that, um, uh, yeah, there was lots there to admire.
0: You know, it's hard to know how much everybody was able to take in that day because it was a quite an exciting day um, and a lot to see and a lot of people packed in. Threaded throughout the exhibition, it includes aspects of contemporary Yiddish culture, what people are doing, what people are studying, um, new ways of interpreting from music, art, zines, um, and things like that. And I... Again, love to hear both of you talk a little bit about that. I mean, you're separated by several generations. I, I also think it's wonderful that you have this opportunity, if I may, Ruby, to really explore and discover Yiddish in, in ways that I didn't have in my generation. To be able to do that, you know, again, with your grandfather, if I may, is a pretty wonderful experience. Um, so what was your takeaway on that?
1: Um, well, for me, I think, um, I think seeing the uh, the emphasis on translation um, and the rediscovery, I guess in a creative sense, for me, it's it's a real source of pride in my heritage and having like a real gathered the the exhibition kind of exists as like a, I don't know, an example of, of all of the many things that there are to take pride in in Jewish history beyond just a story of persecution. And to me, that's that's really important. And that's a big part of um, Jewish life going forward, whether it's explicitly Yiddish or not, is to find um, the parts of our identity that that aren't based in a story of... of um, you know, hundreds of years of persecution. And I think the Yiddish Book Center does a great job of acknowledging that, but providing so much uh, energy into what, what there is to be proud of um, in being, you know, Jewish and a descendant of, of um, Yiddish speakers and stuff like that. Uh, And then I think, I think there's like the value of just um, translation as a, practice, which is something that um, I was exposed to a lot in the programs at the Yiddish Book Center, of just understanding that there are certain things, if you want to understand history or if you want to understand literature, that there's a value in knowing a language other than English. Because I think one of the things I'm so envious about my grandpa and his parents is this um, multilingual culture that, um, that, that one would know different languages and have different uses for different languages. And, um, you know, I speak English 99.9% of the time. And so I I think it's inspiring to see how um, people engage with Yiddish today, there's a value in the in having a understanding a diversity of languages and um, just valuing cultural diversity in general, I think I think it's that the, the specificity of, of studying Yiddish, it um, brings value to the specificity of studying all sorts of different cultures. Um, so I think, I think it's really exciting to see that.
2: <laughs> and, and I want to add that Ruby can speak uh, and understand Danish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good to know when we get to that part of the exhibition, Ruby. <laughs> we'll come find you um and and just to sort of wrap it up a little bit Marvin I wonder if you could answer the question what do you think your parents would have made of all of this
2: oh my God well it's an interesting question because um yeah well they and mostly my father um, uh, wanted uh, my father was as a Yiddish just you know wanting to preserve and promote and and um, uh, perpetuate uh, Yiddish uh, and not let it go or die and go away. and uh, he worked for that you know he he raised money for some Yiddish elementary schools in the Bronx and so on. uh, However, I think he must have understood it. It must have become clear that um, that uh, the future looked bleak in terms of Yiddish, a real Yiddish world, Yiddish-speaking world, as as he had had it and known it. And I think he must have realized that that wasn't going to continue. So. Uh, to see the Yiddish books Center there now would have been a great uh, joy, I would think, and a surprise. I mean, at least that's my also my reaction. My God, how did this happen? Uh, it, it's a miracle, and it's an incredible tribute to Aaron Lansky that he made that happen. It's just unbelievable uh, uh, and a great thing that he's done. I mean, he's rescued a a, a whole world, a whole culture, really, uh, with the Yiddish Book Center. And he deserves all kinds of credit for it. Uh, I mean, a congressional medal or something, really, because it's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And 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 I have to say thank you for your involvement and you know both of you um you t- you contribute in myriad ways to helping us share the story to explore it to understand it to look at it one way and another and again really the story of your family um, as David Mazzauer the curator put it into this part of the exhibition really goes a long way to opening it up to a lot of different people. So I want to thank you both for sharing your story, for your work. And um, please, please, although it's very snowy today, come back in the summertime um, for a visit. And I hope to see you this summer, Ruby and Marvin, again soon. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Lisa. It's been great. Thank you for having us.
1: You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit yiddishbookcenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli.
0: Until next time, be well and be healthy.